In today's podcast, we listen to a panel discussion on a Dutch perspective of regulation and governance. The panelists are CMS counsel Claire Vermers and CMS attorney at law Simon Sanders. The podcast is recorded during the Tokenized Assets Conference in Amsterdam. Please visit our podcast channel for other podcasts in this series. Enjoy the podcast. Take a take a brief moment to reflect. Just just think for a second, and just imagine that you are in a pub right now, and you see us. We are two lawyers. This is Claire. I'm Simon. Which is uh, both the introduction and a disclaimer, because as you may well know, lawyers have a reputation of boring people to death. Um, but in this case, we're going to do it slightly different. We'll be sort of we'll have a light-hearted discussion. Um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to have an intimate discussion with Claire about tokens, and I'm going to try my best pick-up lines on Claire with respect to tokens. Now, now, so you. You probably want to listen really, really carefully because you may want to use these pickup lines yourself when you are in the, pe- uh, in the pub uh, another time. Um, so, Claire, my first pickup line. By the way, if you have better pickup lines than I have, please raise your hand and uh, you can test the pickup lines on us. So, I'm going to start and I'm going to start a pickup line on Claire. And, Claire, tell me. What is the climate uh, for token offerings in the Netherlands right now? Well, I think the the climate is quite good, but it can be better. Um, I think you are aware that we only had a few STOs in the Netherlands, uh, VMC, Blockport, uh, Grosis, um, and I think this number will increase. And what you forgot to mention is that you are a GDPR expert. So don't tell anybody. No, no, no. no <laughs> if don't you have me. questions on GDPR, please uh, raise your hand. If you want to try a pickup line on me, obviously you're invited. And I'll, I'll probably respond in a positive way. Anyway, um, you said you expect the, the, uh, the, uh, the number of offerings to, to increase. Why is that? Uh, well, we see many initiatives, and not only uh, tech students, but also uh, large corporates that want to explore the possibilities to launch an STO. Um, and um, I think there's also good investor appetite. So, Okay. And how would that compare with other countries around us? Um, well, I think when we look at, for instance, Germany, I think th- the number of STOs is, is quite high there, especially uh, tokens that represent uh, bonds. Um, and also in Switzerland, of course, but they're a bit flexible on the uh, <laughs> European legislation. Uh, the number is quite high. Okay. So, I've not really picked you up on tokens yet. So, what type of tokens would you consider as being more or less popular in the Netherlands and and maybe you can elaborate a little on the reasons for that. Um, Well, I think right now we see three flavors. Um, Tokens that uh, represent um, a a contractual right. So it it gives a right to to get something um, and that can be, uh, those rights can be very similar to to rights attached to shares. So it's, it's a kind of phantom stock. Um, we see tokens that represent a bond, and that 
is because of some uh, regulatory implications. Uh, and we see uh, tokens that um, represent uh, a share certificate, a uh, certificate van een aandeel. Um, so that are the flavors, I think. And we see a shift from uh, utility tokens to security tokens. But that's more a commercial um, aspect, I think. Okay, and, and that is, is probably clear to me. Um, what, what would then determine the type of token and sort of the, is there a sort of regulatory restriction or are there other limitations which you would consider? Uh, a lot. <laughs> uh, no, um, in the Netherlands we do not have specific regulations for token offerings. So if you want to offer a token, uh, you should look at the characteristics and see whether um, uh, the existing regulations apply. And just like the other um, European countries, we have uh, implemented the uh, Prospectus Directive, the Alternative Investment Fund Managers Directive, MIFID, uh, AMLD. Uh, so if you want to offer securities um, that um, well represent um, uh, profit shares uh, or um, uh, uh, that look like uh, share certificates, um, it will probably qualify as a security uh, within the meaning of the prospectus directive. Uh, and that means that you need an approved prospectus, uh, which will well uh, cost at least 50,000 euros and takes approximately three months. Um, but there are also some very useful exemptions. For instance, the, the 5 million um, exemption is very popular. Uh, so then you can offer up to 5 million, um, which will be calculated over 12 months. Uh, and then you do not need an approved prospectus, but uh, you need to file an uh, information document with the Dutch regulator. Okay, so, so does that mean that regulation is restricting or are there possibilities? Is there other regulation to consider? Um, well, it definitely is restricting, but <laughs> there are exemptions. Um, and also, if we talk about tokenizing assets, you should look at the, um, and especially real estate, you should look at the uh, Alternative Investment Fund Managers Directive. Um, if, it's, um, if, if you will not use the proceeds for an ongoing business just to, to produce something or, or develop something, um, it's possible that you qualify as an alternative investment fund, um, which means that you need a license. Um, and there are some exemptions, but they are not very useful. Um, but the good news is that um, the Dutch regulator takes the position that if you offer um, uh, uh, debt, so uh, debt securities, that those um, regulations will not apply. So that's the way around. Okay, well, that is interesting. Yeah. But there are also GDPR implications, I think. Are there? <laughs> I believe so. Yeah. Um, the GDPR implications are obviously very much uh, uh, tied to the whole uh, blockchain ecosystem, blockchain technology, which, uh, as you probably all know, is, is one of the hot topics uh, when, when we talk about blockchain. And for tokens that may or may not, depending on how you design your infrastructure, be an issue. 
Now, obviously, um, again, maybe uh, as you may know, but I'll, I'll elaborate anyway, is that there is a distinction between obviously on-chain and off-chain. There is a distinction between a public and a private environment. There's a hot debate on what would be considered personal data, and obviously the GDPR only applies if uh, um, the data is considered personal data. Now, one of, one of the hot issues is obviously if you hash data, is it then considered personal data or not? I have my views on that. Um, and, but, but mainly, if, if you talk about uh, um, any, any piece of data you put in an environment, in an IT environment, and you distribute in an uncontrolled environment, and that environment contains personal data, then you have a GDPR issue, because as, as the person putting that data then on a blockchain, uh, so personal data, um, you need to be able to control that data. Once you send that out into the world in an uncontrolled environment, you can no longer control it, which means that the data subject can no longer ex exercise its rights. So when you design a blockchain environment, and it doesn't really matter what kind of blockchain environment that is, you need to not only consider sort of the technical design, but also the rules of the program, which is basically the way you, uh, you program governance. And it's, it's not a single layer environment, it's actually multi-layered because you've got the data, but you also have the rules and how do you update. And is, is, so, so there are many issues to consider when you implement any uh, blockchain, actually any IT in a system, but in particular blockchain uh, in, in implementations. So having said all that, um, from a legal perspective, it is tricky to put personal data on a blockchain when that blockchain exists in a public environment where you as a data controller or a data processor can no longer uh, um, actually control that data. And now very often when, when you hear about control data, people talk about erasing data, the right to be forgotten. Um, actually, that's the easy way because you sometimes just can, you can just destroy a chain. It's far harder to actually rectify data on the chain. So those would be uh, um, some of the GDPR aspects to consider. And what we see in practice when, when we um, get asked questions or asked uh, advice on these issues is that we are confronted with a ready design and quite often that ready design is not compliant because it doesn't take into account the, the GDPR aspects and those are quite uncomfortable discussions. But you can solve it. Oh, it's actually, it's fairly easy to solve. If you take the GDPR as one element from the outset, um, there, there are several ways to avoid it. The, the first one, obviously, is to, to restrict data on the blockchain. So you have more the personal data is off-chain and say only transactional data is on-chain. If you want to link that transactional data to a data subject, you could probably work with a sort of intran database in which you add links and you are able to actually delete the links themselves. So you still have this transaction database which, which is immutable but you kill the link with any personal. Um, so that's one way of doing it. The other way is just not uh, um, um, including any personal data on the blockchain. If you 
put that personal data on a blockchain, make sure that remains within a private environment where you have a data controller or a data processor that has control over that data. So there are many, many ways. So the, the whole conception of the GDPR and blockchain, and thus obviously also tokens, not uh, uh, going well together. I don't actually believe that. I think they go really well together if you properly design it. What, what you also see, and this is obviously um, probably uh, um, something which needs to develop, is that all the early blockchain applications were more or less developed by web developers. And web development is completely different than, say, development of core banking systems, which are tested over and over and again and are only launched when they've been, been tested up team times, whereas web developers usually sort of start off with version 0.7 and then think, hey, that works. I oh, know it doesn't work. But then with blockchain, you have the problem that it's already operational. You have to start updating, which is well, usually not very popular. So those are my... Um, so think of it in, the, in an early stage. That's uh, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Okay. So, a quick look at the audience, who all have their drinks obviously and fallen asleep. But um, now, seriously, do you have any questions on this subject? Because we've been. I see one question there. Okay, okay please pass the mic. Hello, it's uh, me again. I seem like an activist now. I'm not. I, I looked around whether anyone was raising any hands, and then I felt I'm gonna uh, pose the same question I just did now. But now, uh, specifically about GDPR, and uh, what if the uh, recommendations about uh, from the Financial Action Task Force about keeping track of what is being sent from who to whom? Um, how does that? How is that going to uh, conflict with the right to be forgotten in, in GDPR? Can you be slightly more specific? Because I, I wasn't here when you raised the earlier question. Oh, oh yeah, sure. Uh, so the Financial Action uh, Task Force um, is supposed to be releasing uh, more or less binding recommendations uh, that uh, any uh, virtual asset service provider, which is going to include blockchain and cryptocurrencies, is uh, will have to keep track of, uh, with any transaction of a virtual asset, they need to keep track of who is the uh, originator and who is the beneficiary, and they need to be able to provide that information to um, relevant authorities upon request. So, so your question is, how does that basically, uh, um, does or does that not conflict with blockchain, which then, in your question is an assumption that blockchain technology would lead to anonymity. Um, that's one part, but more importantly, how does that conflict actually with the GDPR? I don't think it conflicts as long as you can track. So um, that's why I asked about the assumption. The assumption is that blockchain is anonymous. Well, I know that at least in this audience, probably nobody thinks that, but that used to be the assumption anyway. Actually, uh, uh, as many of you may or may not know, is that actually with a lot of sort of criminal activities over the blockchain, it was easier for the authorities to track them down because accessing that information was public and there's no such a thing as anonymity, uh, quite often it's pseudonymity at best. So, um, and as a more direct answer to your question, as long as you can track, so there's a difference between tracking, so having that in your private domain, 
where you need to comply, whether you're a data controller or you need to comply with financial regulations or cannot control. So you can still have elements of the transactions on the public blockchain where everybody can verify. And for instance, a blo public blockchain is very useful if you want to prevent double spending. But quite often for a lot of transactions, a purely public blockchain is not necessary. So, um, and then again, and, and why is that an issue for your answer? Because if it would be purely public, you would probably want anonymity because that would be GDPR, because you would be, it would be really hard to exercise your rights again as, as a, a data subject. But if it's in a private environment or in an environment where you have a data controller or a data processor that is in control of the data, you don't have that issue. So I don't see that as a, a conflict. Again, it's a question of design. How do you design? And there is that you see the sort of the old idea that you have this uncontrolled environment. But I don't think that is what we are debating today here. Thank you. Just, just to add to that question, just because I'm like a data geek in my previous life, I used to work for experience. That like GDPR was hot topic for us in every conversation that we had. Um, I think what, what, what actually becomes interesting is. Um, GDPR legislation in terms of you know, issuing, uh, say, an equity or an asset on the blockchain, it actually supersedes GDPR rules in terms of holding the KYC documentation. So I think it's five years that you need to hold on to that documentation. If you've issued something, you need to have access to that database, whether you're the issuer itself or the person who's facilitated that. I think where it becomes interesting is with self-sovereign identity. So will the regulators be open enough to have a nominated registrar who holds that documentation at one point, allow someone to create a self-sovereign identity and then transfer certain elements of that data to somebody else and, and what they actually have to transfer to each of those different parties and how you break that down. I think that's where the legislation will probably have to get a little bit more evolved over the next couple of years. Well, at least from a Dutch perspective, um, what you see in legislation is that legislation quite often already accommodates for that because the legislation is GDPR. Um, I did an experiment with the Dutch government on self-sovereign identity last year. Um, and you're right, self-sovereign identity is one of the key cornerstones of any transaction. But the, that doesn't mean, because we are talking about accountability from a GDPR perspective, um, Self-sovereign identity is not the only, it's, it's a part of that solution, but the other one is still that you need to be able to govern the whole process. So there's two elements, and this one I think is a key co cornerstone in, in, indeed. Yes, one more question. Yeah, I've heard a lot about um, uh, using STOs for the initial offerings. But what about uh, when you have it and you want to trade it? Uh, because I, I, well, I'm interested in your uh, ideas about regulation and government uh, governance uh, in, on that. When it comes to the trading uh, on a platform or, or just an individual? <coughs> um, uh, on a platform or individual, uh, either, just any, like, um, I think blockchain becomes interesting when you make it tradable, so therefore, um, there are options for uh, providing STOs right now, but making them tradable is a lot harder, in my opinion, and I'm interested in yours. 
Uh, no, I agree um, that, uh, that a, a big advantage is that it should be tradable. Um, um, when you, it depends on, on the characteristics of the token. So when you say, well, it's a security token, uh, I bought one and I want to sell it to you, um, then you should look at the prospectus uh, directive again. But there's an exemption for me, so that's no problem. Uh, but if we ask Simon to uh, uh, to look at uh, well to be the middleman, <laughs> then uh, he will probably need a license, uh, and it depends on well how he acts. If he's only a bulletin board, or if he really advises well that my token is is, is great, um, then he probably need needs a license, and I think that will be difficult and that we really need European legislation to make sure that that uh, went well, uh, goes well. I will act as a true lawyer and send you a bill. And, and maybe if you create a, a token that is more a phantom stock, so it, it's a contractual right, uh, then it can be easier because then, um, then um, we could just um, have, a, have a deed and, and say, well, I sell my token to you and, and you accept it. So. Any other questions? Good, I think that one. We did well in you time. You did, did very good. Thank you I think much. if there are any other questions, of course, you'll be around here all day, all year probably, so you know where to find CMS now. Okay, That's very you. good. Thank you for uh, your uh, insights. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the CMS podcast. Did you enjoy this podcast? Please visit our podcast channel and use the subscribe button to stay up to date on legal content. Until next time.